in just a moment, you'll be listening to a message that was given by Pastor Kyle Olsfeld of Grace Baptist Church in Pampa, Texas. We encourage you to give attention to the message and to follow along in your Bible. I want you to think about a scenario that you may have encountered at some point in the past. This is not an intense scenario, but it's one that you've probably dealt with, experienced. And that would be this. You are transporting something in your car of a liquid nature. Maybe you've got some cups in the cup holder. Maybe you've got some coffee, some water, some Coke, whatever it might be there in the cup holder. Maybe you've got in the back of the car a pot of beans or corn or whatever it might be. You're transporting it somewhere, and as I've already said, it is fairly clear it's of a liquid nature. Now, here's what most of us would say, that as we're transporting those items— We don't want that to spill out of their containers and get in the car. Again, I think all of us would agree to that unless we just drive junk and we don't care. Most of us would say, let's keep the liquid where it belongs. Now, that in mind, we know that there's not a problem with this transporting of liquid so long as the roads are nice and smooth. If you're going down a nice, smooth road, everything's fine, everything's good, everything's great, we're not nervous, we're not concerned, we're, we're, we're not on edge or anything like that. But, but if you've ever been in a situation like this, you probably have experienced this at least once where you hit a pothole that you weren't expecting. And the jolt of that pothole caused everything to slosh in ways you didn't want it to slosh. So all of a sudden, you've got some water or some Coke or some coffee inside your cup holder that did not belong there. You've got some green bean juice or some corn juice now in the back of your car, and you're thinking to yourself, well, isn't that nice? The car's going to stink for a while because of that. Sometimes you're driving down the road, and it's not a big pothole that does it. You're just driving down the road, and you hit a rough patch, and just the, the consistency of the, of the rough patch just bouncing your car, you look down, and it's sloshing out of the cups there in the cup holder, or you're thinking to yourself, well, I know what I got waiting for me in the back. It's happened to a lot of us, if not all of us. Now, this morning, as we think on that little scenario, I want us to think about life. I want us to think about the lives that God has given us. And and as we think about that, I want us to think about the lives that we enjoy most. And that is when God lets us be on a smooth road. Don't you enjoy life more when things are smooth? You know, you're just going through life and there's not a problem here and there are no problems here. There are no issues here. And, and, and when life is smooth, when the road of life is, is just as smooth as we would want it to be, isn't it amazing how happy we are and how carefree we are and we're just waving at people and we're just smiling and nodding and, and everything's good, isn't it? And then what happens in life? We hit a pothole. We didn't see that one coming. Everything was smooth. Everything was fine. Everything was good. Again, we're smiling. We're waving. We're just cheerful. We can't understand why everyone else is bent out of shape. And then we hit a pothole. And it jolts us. 
where we hit a rough patch. And it's not that it was one initial jolt. Man, it's just been a rough patch lately. And the smoothness of life that we were once enjoying, that's completely gone. What could those potholes or what could those rough patches of life be? Well, it could be something like this, a diagnosis of a disease that we weren't expecting. It could be a major turn in our personal finances. It could be a relationship that has soured. It could be something as simple as turning on the news and being made aware of what's happening in our world and how crazy this world is. There are a lot of different things that disrupt the smoothness of our lives. And when that happens, a lot of different things can slosh out of our lives so to speak. Have you ever noticed that? Things are smooth, things are good. I don't want to labor this, but, but again, you're happy, you're cheerful, you're, you're smiling, you're waving, you're upbeat, you're positive, but all of a sudden the diagnosis comes, all of a sudden the economic downturn comes, all of a sudden the relationship sours, whatever it is, and, and now there are things coming out of your life that you weren't anticipating. Now, again, a lot of different things can come out of our lives in those moments. But there's something that seems to come out of my life more than I care to admit. And maybe some of you can identify with this, but, but when the potholes or the rough patches come, it seems like fear spills out when I wasn't expecting it to. Fear. As you think on that, you may say, well, I know what fear is, so I don't need a definition of it. But someone may say, I think I do, but why don't you go ahead and help me? So I'll do that. I'll go ahead and help us. Fear is defined as an emotion of distress that is aroused by danger, either real or imagined. So I'll break this down in very simple terms, in terms that all of us will be able to understand. Fear is when you and I experience distress because of a danger that is either real or imagined. We sense some kind of danger. It may be real. It may just be made up in our minds, but nonetheless... We are now fearful. We are now afraid. Just answer this question very quickly. Have you been going through life, everything was fine, everything was good, and then something disrupted the smoothness of your life and you found yourself wrestling with fear? It happens to a lot of us, if not all of us. Now this morning, I want us to know that the point of this message is not to explain to us how to never be fearful again. And here's why I have no desire to try to preach that kind of message, because what I have found in my own life is this, 
No matter how much I tell myself to not be afraid, I still get afraid. No matter how much I tell myself to, to not experience distress, I still feel myself feeling distressed. Sometimes it's real, sometimes it's imagined. But because of this world that we live in and because of my fallen nature and because of your fallen nature, I think it's safe to say this is something we'll wrestle with until we breathe our last breath. But there are some things from Scripture that we can be aware of and be reminded of and be helped by if we'll make the effort to apply this to our lives. So I want us to begin this morning by looking in the book of Genesis. In the book of Genesis, we're going to eventually make our way to the third chapter. But I want to remind us of a couple of things that most of us know, but again, you may or may not be aware of this. But God, some several thousand years ago, that can be debated, not millions or billions, but several thousands of years ago, God created this earth, he created this world with the spoken word. He spoke this world into existence, and when he created this world, it was good, it was perfect. I've said this before, I want to say it again, that this world was created without fault, without flaw of any sort. So God created everything that you and I see, and he eventually came to the point where he created Adam, and Eve was then later created, and they inhabited what is called the Garden of Eden. And most of us know this, but let me just remind you of this, that Adam and Eve were able to partake of the fruit of any tree in the garden except one particular tree. So this one particular tree with its fruit was forbidden from Adam and Eve to, to consume of it. And yet we know that with the help of Satan in the form of a serpent, Satan came to them and tempted them and challenged the word of God and was able ultimately to get Eve to eat of the fruit. And then Adam later partook of the fruit as well. And it was in that act of disobedience that sin entered the world. You need to know this, that it was that one act of disobedience that opened the door to every other sin that our world deals with and experiences today. So whether it be the sin of jealousy, whether it be the sin of lust, whether it be the sin of, of idolatry, whatever it is, it is found in this first sin that was committed by Adam and Eve. Now, as we think on that, something else we have to know and be mindful of is before Adam and Eve sinned, Adam and Eve enjoyed literal fellowship with God on earth. They enjoyed a literal physical means of fellowship with God on this earth. And so after Adam and Eve partook of the fruit, God, the scripture tells us, came to have that time of fellowship like he had done untold number of times before. But notice what it says in verse number eight of Genesis chapter three. 
It says, and they heard the voice of the Lord, that being a reference to Adam and Eve. It says, they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and unto him, or and said unto him, where art thou? Now, God knew where Adam and Eve were. This was not a question like, Adam, where are you? God knew what was going on, but God was willing to play along with the now fallen Adam and Eve. So God calls out and says, Adam, where art thou? And here is what Adam responded with in verse number 10. He said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and because I was naked, I hid myself. And you understand that I'm rephrasing this a little bit. But Adam said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and because I was naked, I hid myself. And what else did Adam say was true of him in verse number 10? He said, I was afraid. Let's listen to this. Adam said to God in that moment, I hid myself, Lord, because I recognized that I was naked. And in light of the condition I found myself in, God, I was afraid. I was fearful. I was dealing with this sense of distress. God, I hid myself because I was afraid. You know what we need to understand as we deal with this subject of fear? We need to understand, first of all, that fear is the result of the fall. Fear is the result of sin. And so what we've got to understand when we begin considering the subject of fear is this. As it entered into the world, God was not the author of fear. God was not the creator of fear. God was not the, the birther of fear. Fear is a result of sin. It is the result of sin. It's a completely different context, but the application by way of principle is the same. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, I'll not turn there right now, but you can if you choose to. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, here is what Paul said to Timothy. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So I want us to think about this. If you're going through life and everything's good and then something disrupts that, if something interrupts that calmness and that smoothness of life, and it causes fear to come forth out of our lives, the first thing we need to recognize is this. God, this is not from you. We need to be reminded, God, this fear is not 
from you. So I've been given this diagnosis. We've had this downturn. We've had this relationship issue. There are all these things going on in the world that that cause concern and cause distress. Okay, here's what I've got to remember. In that moment where fear begins to manifest itself, God, this fear is not from you. This is the result of a fallen world and a sinful nature that I'm a part of. Now understand, please, to have that initial surge of fear, that in and of itself is not sin. But we've got to know this, that if we allow that to rule us, it becomes sin. How do we know? We'll turn over, if you would, to Matthew chapter 8. Here's just a quick story and a quick example of what it is I'm talking about. In Matthew chapter 8, we have Christ with his disciples. And it says in verse number 23, And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. Now, I don't want to deal with this whole passage and and, and do so in great detail, but I do want to remind us of this. Christ is now in a ship with his disciples. Christ is exhausted from the events of the day. So Christ is now asleep. The disciples are awake on another portion of the ship. And as they are out on the waters, there arose this great tempest, this great storm. And so notice what it says in verse number 25. And his disciples came to him and awoke him saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And so in verse number 26, Christ gives this response. He saith unto them, Why are ye so fearful? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Now I want us to see what Christ did. He identified their fear. Are you following this? He identified their fear, that fear that came as a result from the winds changing and, and, and the atmosphere changing, which brought about the storm. He identified their fear, but beyond that, this is what he said to them, why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? They were on board the ship with the master of the wind. And they found themselves fearful, which in and of itself was not sinful. But what happened was the longer the storm raged, the longer the winds blew, the more fearful they became and the less faithful they became. To which the Lord said, why are ye fearful O ye of little faith. Now, someone may say, how can you equate that to being sin? Well, I want us to be reminded of this. We read this in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number six, that without faith, it is impossible to please him. It is impossible for you and I to live a life that is pleasing to God 
without faith in God. So when Christ said to the disciples, where is your faith or why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith, they were not pleasing him in that moment. So again, to to try to summarize this to this point, when something happens in our life and it causes us to, to have this fear, that is not an immediate sin. But when we allow that to to begin to grow and to mature in our minds, we've lost our faith in God, which is then sin. So when fear comes, let's remember, this is not of God. And I can't continue living with this fearful mindset and be right with him. It's impossible to live in fear, which is a lack of faith, and be right with God. So if you've ever found yourself in that situation, what do we need to do? Well, again, let's look in the scripture and see an example that's set before us. Turn to Psalm chapter 56. In Psalm chapter 56, we have the words of David recorded. And something that many of you are familiar with is recorded in verse number three. He said this, What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. What does it mean to trust? It means to put your confidence in something. And so David was saying, God, whenever I find myself in a situation where I'm afraid, where my emotion of distress has been aroused because of a perceived danger or a real danger, here is what I'm going to do, God. I am going to make the choice to place all of my trust and all of my confidence in you. I want to remind us of this truth this morning. That when fear overtakes us for whatever reason, we have the choice of where we will let our minds go. When situations arise in our lives and fear begins to overtake us, we have the ability to choose where we will let our minds go. I can either choose to dwell on the diagnosis and let the fears overtake me. I can choose to let my my mind dwell on the financial disruption and let fear overtake me. I can let my mind go to, to that relationship or world events and let the fear overtake me. Or I can choose to place all of my trust and all of my confidence in him. That is my choice. And that is your choice. Someone says, I just can't help it. I'm just just geared this way. No, that's an excuse. I'm just just kind of that emotional being that that it's just fearful and and, and I let myself worry and I let myself deal with anxiety. No, that, that, that is an excuse for not getting your thoughts under control. What time I am afraid, David said, I will trust 
in thee. So when something happens and fear begins to overtake us, I need to be reminded, God, this fear is not from you. And Lord, if I continue to let this fear be present in my life, there is no way that I'm living a life of faith, which means it's impossible for me to please you then. So Lord, what I'm going to do is I am going to make the choice to trust you in this situation. When we do that, there's another wonderful principle conveyed in the scripture. Some of you know this, but turn if you would, if you want, to Isaiah 26. Isaiah was a man of God, a prophet of God, speaking to the people of God. And this is what Isaiah said. In verse number three, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Isn't that a wonderful promise that Isaiah gave to the people of God? Isaiah reminded them of this. Believers, if you will place all your trust and confidence in the Lord, and if you will keep your mind stayed on the Lord, rather than the circumstances, rather than the potholes, rather than the rough patches, if you will keep your mind on the Lord and trust in Him, here is what God will do for you. He will keep you in perfect peace. You know why we lose peace? Because we don't keep our mind stayed upon the Lord. Because we have not trusted in Him. This morning, I don't know where you're at on the road of life. On the road of life, you may be on a, a patch that is so smooth right now, you just almost can't remember the hard times you've had in the past. But some of you may be in a spot right now where you're saying something like this. I've been on such a rough patch lately, I forgot what a smooth road felt like. It just seems like it's one thing after another, after another, after another, after another. And maybe you'd have to admit this morning that, that you've wrestled with some fear lately. You've been wrestling with some anxiety. You've been wrestling with some distress. You've let your emotions just kind of be all over the place. If so, let me remind you that fear is not from the Lord. You cannot continue living in fear and be right with him. So today you need to make the choice to trust in him. And if you'll do that, he'll give you peace once more that cannot be explained from a human perspective. If you've appreciated this message from Kyle Olsfeld of Grace Baptist Church, let us know by contacting us on our website at gbcpampa.com or on our Facebook page, Grace Baptist Church, Pampa, Texas. 